Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. Listen in as we connect with other creative entrepreneurs and have real conversations about life, business, and everything in between. Owning a creative business doesn't have to be confusing or overwhelming, and you don't have to go at it alone. It's absolutely possible to be successful as a modern creative, and we want to help you to go after your own creative dreams. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Modern Creative Podcast. Today, Joyce and I will be chatting all about increasing your visibility. As a small business, you may not have an ad budget, so how are you supposed to get eyeballs on you? Don't worry, we'll be sharing some free ways you can increase your visibility without having to spend a dime. Before we get started, I want to share one of my favorite business programs, HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the CRM program I use to manage my inquiries, send invoices, get paid, and stay organized. If you want to try HoneyBook, go to bit.ly slash hbmoderncreative, all lowercase, and get 50% off your first year. That means you're saving $200 off your first year. We have the link in our show notes too, and I promise it's totally worth checking out. Now let's get into the episode. So we might even start with the tangent because when you said eyeballs on us, it felt creepy. Like I thought of the <laughs> creepy, you know, the eyeball emoji that he's kind of looking to the side, but he's like creepy. Yeah. You know what? Do I have to put that in the show notes? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? So we don't mean creepy eyeballs. Let me just say that. We just wanted to talk about different ways that you could get in front of different audiences, expand your reach, make sure that your business is, you know, being shared amongst applicable people and people who are in your ideal target market. So those are the things that we're going to talk about today. But it does really start with deciding if you should and if these tactics that we're going to share are really worth it, right? Totally. I really like how you said applicable people. So it's not all every single person you're trying to get the attention of. It's your target audience. So that's actually the number one thing that we wanted to share before we even talk about visibility is we always talk about finding your target audience, who is your ideal client. So think about that and then think about how do you get the attention of your target audience. So that could be totally like, okay, if you're target audience is, you know, really heavy on Pinterest, like heavy Pinterest users, then that's where you hang out. If they're really in Facebook groups that are super active, they're always chatting, that's where your ideal client is, then focus on Facebook, maybe, or maybe it's Instagram, you know, you do need to know exactly where your people are hanging out, so that you can then come up with a plan to get more visible on that platform. Totally. And then along with your target audience, definitely think about your mission, whatever that is. Is it to become a leader in your industry? Is it to make a sale? What are you trying to sell? Are you promoting your service or product? Depending on your mission, it's a little different and how you can serve your target audience within that aligns with your mission in the space that they hang out, if that makes sense. So definitely think about your target audience. What is your mission? Where does your target audience hang out? And then I do want to say that while these methods that we're going to be sharing are free, they do take time. So also calculate the return on investment. What is the return for this project? Again, like we mentioned, the things that we're going to be sharing is a free investment, but it's still a time investment. So you definitely want to think about What is your ROI before getting into all of those things? So a lot of the things, if not all of the things, are really going to be about collaborations. But collaborations really start with relationships, right? And building those relationships. Now, 
I don't know about you, Diana, but I remember starting Write Pretty Things, my old Instagram account, just as a way to connect with other letterers. At that time, I didn't even think about starting a business. I didn't think it was possible to start a business, but I went into Instagram really with the intention of building relationships because I was super embarrassed to share my lettering on my personal Instagram. I didn't want to like inundate my friend's feed with it and I was like really shy. So I started Write Pretty Things. But the intention there was to build relationships, right? So as we get on to sharing different ways that you guys can increase your visibility, the basis, like the foundation is building relationships with people. And so how do we do that, Diana? Okay, so I love how you mentioned, let's start simple and the way maybe that me and you, Joyce, um, kind of grew our visibility and how we got started. And same with me, just like you, I also started with Instagram. Well, actually, technically before that, it was like a blog, but that wasn't really to share my work. I was just blogging because I had a Tumblr and all my friends had Tumblrs. That's where I really started. But intentionally, I started with Instagram. I started sharing my work and honestly gathering feedback, building relationships. And Instagram to this day is still one of the ways that I build relationships. And uh, one of the ways that I like to do it specifically on Instagram is stories, of course. Stories is such a good way because you really get to have one-on-one conversations. Of course, you are speaking to the masses when you post on your stories, but it's the DMs afterward where you can build relationships. And I know that sounds like a lot of work. Do you respond to one person? And you know, how many people do you have to respond to? It's not necessarily like that, but I do feel like when you respond to one person, they also might share that with their friend or family members. And it's kind of word of mouth as well. So that's one of the ways that I do it. And Joyce, I know that you like to use YouTube. And I know you've been really like getting into that space. Well, I mean, going back to whatever platform you use, I think also um, Instagram, it's about genuine connections. Like, yes, you should always have a strategy, a business strategy. You person listening to this podcast right now, you own a business, you should have strategy for pretty much everything you do. But you do have to approach building relationships, especially on Instagram in a genuine way. So not like, oh, then I need to answer just five DMs today and then five DMs tomorrow. Like, do come from it and share from a place that is genuine. You genuinely want to know who's out there watching you. You genuinely want people to DM you because you want to hear, you know, what they have to say or you want their input or you want to build a relationship. You leave comments because you really think someone's post or caption, it really did touch you, right? Not just some like generic star emoji that we all get, you know, like leave genuine things that will actually build a real relationship on Instagram, on YouTube, wherever. But you did mention YouTube, Diana. And so I think that YouTube is a little bit different because it's not a social media platform, like it is a search engine. But you can still kind of bring fans over from maybe Instagram to YouTube or vice versa if you maybe in your YouTube video ask people to follow you on Instagram. Um, So that is a little bit different in terms of relationship building. However, you can build a relationship there by being consistent. By you being consistent, your subscribers know that you will always have a video every Tuesday, for example, right? And so they kind of depend on you for that. So that's one way that you can build like, know, and trust, at least. I don't know how far it would get into like conversations. Who knows? Maybe commenting back and forth or something underneath each video. But I think it is a little bit different than Instagram. Yeah, for sure. You get to really see that person and see the way they talk, see the way that 
they, you know, move. It's almost like meeting that person in real life, but through a screen. And I actually follow people on YouTube that I don't follow on Instagram and vice versa. So I think you can totally increase your visibility in general by having another platform like YouTube. Yeah. So I mean, the whole point before we get into our tips and things that you can do for visibility is really to build relationships where your people are at. Is that YouTube? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? And really concentrate on that maybe one to two platforms before adding on extra things. Because you know what's going to happen when you're like, oh, I need a YouTube, I need an Instagram, I need a Pinterest, I need this and that. Then you get overwhelmed and you either have analysis paralysis or you burn out. And so that's not what we want for you. Our whole point is like, pick your platform, like pick your poison and build genuine relationships. And once you build those genuine relationships, there are ways that you can continue to increase your business visibility. And one of those things um, would actually be, let's start here because we're on a podcast, is actually podcast guesting or being a guest on a podcast. So I think podcasting can go both ways. You can be either the host or you can be a guest on a podcast. But either way, it's the core thing is that you can build relationships with people and increase your visibility, which is really cool. I actually bought a book from, gosh, I think her name is Kate Northrup, I think. Um, I have to go back in. I bought a bunch of books. But anyways, I actually found her through the Jenna Kutcher podcast. And now I signed up for her newsletter because I love her podcast episode so much. And I thought that was such a great way. And I, and I watched one of her webinars and she actually talked about that. She said, how many of you are from the Jenna Kutcher podcast, uh, Gold Digger podcast? How many of you found me through that episode? And I was like, that's really cool. So that's one of the ways that you can increase your visibility with that one episode. And I think that's what's really cool. That's a really good ROI, right? So technically, you would spend an hour or so, or maybe, you know, maybe two hours if you're prepping, and then you get on the podcast, you record for an hour, that would be about two hours. That's a really good return on investment to get that much more increased visibility on what you're promoting or selling on your own website. So I thought that was a really, really good way. So that's definitely one way that you can pursue. If you don't want to host a podcast like Joyce and I, then you can always pitch yourself to be a guest on a podcast. And that's a really great way to reach more people. So you can pitch yourself and you can also, hopefully with the business relationships you have built, maybe your friend has a podcast too. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Sheena, I always talk about Sheena. Hi, Sheena. I know you're listening. We asked Sheena to be on, right? She didn't pitch herself to us, but it's not wrong to pitch yourself either. Um, Did you guys know each other before she came on the podcast, though? I thought you guys. I feel like I've been a long time. I've been a long time follower and Instagram like friend of Mm -hmm. Sheena's beforehand. But our point is, is like it opens up new doors. Um, You can see in Diana's example that she went out and purchased like this woman's book and is on her email list now. And you don't know where that relationship is going to go all because she felt like she really got to know this woman and saw her as an expert because she was a guest. And I will say that being on podcasts, like for the most part, I have heard some crazy things, but like, it's free. We don't charge our guests to be on. They're they're doing us a favor, right? By being on. Um, and so that is something that is free because that's what we're talking about today. Free ways to get more eyeballs on your business. And podcasting is one. I will also say it feels like there's an explosion of podcasts right now, Mm -hmm. which is good for you, listener, because that means there's a lot more places that you can be on. 
Totally, totally. And I feel like you kind of, it's like picking your poison. Like which platform do you feel comfortable with? Do you feel comfortable on video? Then obviously YouTube is the way to go. Do you feel comfortable talking like via voice? (laughs) So that would be like podcasting. Do you feel more comfortable behind the scenes? So like blog posts, there's so many different ways that you can collaborate with people to get more eyeballs on your business and to expand your reach. Well, yeah. So I love that you said that, like pick your poison, what you're most focused on. Obviously, Diana and I, we love all of it. We will be on video. We will be on podcast. We will talk to you in person. <laughs> but you can be an introvert and an extrovert and yeah, do all the things too. All of the things. But say if your thing is video or if you're trying to get more comfortable with video, you're already comfortable with video. Um, you can definitely try Instagram. So that means you can do joint stories. You can have up to two people on Instagram and maybe you guys go live together and you talk about a topic. You can like interview that other person or you talk about um, your areas of expertise. Maybe you're promoting something together. Maybe it's just a fun show, whatever, but you can do joint stories. And you can also do, I've seen people do like takeovers, mm-hmm. kind of like, do you do the like to know it app, like the fashion bloggers? Oh, yeah, I have the app, but I've honestly never tried well, to use it. We, yo, I am easily influenced. Okay, <laughs> like, like fashion. Blo- oh, you got that new bag. Let me go check it out. And then I'm on the like to know it app and I'm buying a bag. So that stuff works for me. <laughs> but it's kind of like that. If you take that example, like to know it, sometimes they have takeovers like, so-and-so bloggers taking over our feed today. And I know some, you know, B2B friends. Hi, Riley. Um, (laughs) I know some B2B like business friends who have done that takeover. So, you know, maybe it's like a series of posts in one day that someone is taking over your Instagram. And that's great exposure for your audiences, right? Side note, if you want to do something like that and you don't want to share your password, there is an app, like this is like a technical thing if this is something you want to do. Um, there is not an app, but it's like a um, website and you implement it like the extension on your Google Chrome called LastPass. And basically it saves all of your passwords. It's a password saver thing. But if you share passwords, like I've had to share, you know, my email newsletter, I've had to share like all of these like really personal business things with people that have been contracted that I've hired to um, work with me. I should give them access through LastPass so they don't see the actual password. They just get like a link where they're able to log in. So I just wanted to throw that out there. What is it called? LastPass. Okay. We should put that on show notes because I've never heard of that. That's really Well, it's, I've been using it for years because I also always forget my passwords, but also like, oh, copywriter needs to have access to ActiveCampaign, which is what I use for email software. I probably don't even remember my password, so I couldn't tell her, but it's saved in LastPass. So I share it with her, but she still never sees the password. And then afterwards, like maybe after your collaboration is over, you can revoke access. Like now I've revoked access from um, my graphic designer, sorry, because she's no longer working on my site. So she no longer has Squarespace access now. Right. So you don't need to worry about who has my house key out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So check out LastPass um, because I don't want that thing like, oh, I don't want to share my password to be the reason why you don't try this new thing that could be really great and give you more eyeballs, not you eyeballs on your business. You only want two eyeballs. I did want to mention that if you are collaborating with someone or being a guest on someone's podcast, you want to make sure like it goes both ways. Like one, does it align with your mission? Is it going to bring you value and the right type of audience? Are these the people your people? So you want to like think about that before you say yes to anything. 
But also, you also want to ask yourself, does it add the value to the host? They're willing to share this platform with you. So are you bringing something valuable to their audience as well? So I definitely want to not just talk about like the numbers game and try to like reach as many people as possible in all types of platforms and your comforts. Of course, those things are important too, but be strategic and thoughtful about it as well. And before we wrap up video ways that you can increase your visibility, I did want to share one more thing, which is about YouTube. So I have done this before where I have collaborated with someone and we did like a top 10 things or 10 lessons or whatever it was. And she spoke about five. And then at the end of her video, she said, for the other five, go to my friend Joyce's YouTube video where she's going to talk about, you know, six to 10 or whatever. And so that is how you would possibly collaborate on YouTube by sending traffic, like you're sending your traffic to them and vice versa. Um, So that is a really great way to, you know, maybe get more subscribers on YouTube or just get more views on your video because then that means those are more people like that are seeing your content and getting to know you, right? Or you could even do like a YouTube um, interview series, which I've done with Diana like maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I don't know when that was, Diana. Um, It's an old video on my YouTube. If you want to see Diana, if you want to see me interview Diana on video, it's on YouTube. But those are two ways that you can collaborate on YouTube and increase visibility and share someone else's work and business on your platform as well. Love it. Okay. And then I also wanted to talk about something that's also visual, but it doesn't have to be necessarily video. So styled shoots is a really good way for certain stationers, depending on what stage of their business they're in. I don't want to just like throw that out the window. I know right now, if you're in the stationary world, that's kind of styled shoot is like a negative thing and has a bad rap. And I think it's it comes down to collaboration, right? Collaboration etiquette, working with other people, you have to be mindful of that, which is why sometimes style shoots or any collaborations can go wrong. But I do feel like at the core of it, and the main point of a style shoot is to collaborate, bring the thing that you're really good at, collaborate the different gifts of different people and create a beautiful shoot together. And in the hopes that it gets picked up by a blog or whatever. So I do think that if you are bringing your best game and connecting with people who have a similar aesthetic, similar goal, who are willing to put as much time and effort as you. I do think style shoot is a great way to increase your visibility. I agree. I I totally agree. Like I'm not a wedding stationer, but some of my beginning clients, my beginning coaching clients, they have been approached, you know, and like, oh, then asked me like, should I do a style shoot? And I mostly always say yes because then they also get content, right? Mm-hmm. And they're also meeting people local like wedding vendors in particular for the clients I'm thinking about that are wedding stationers. They get to like build relationships with local vendors, which just goes back to our whole point about building relationships. So I'm pretty That's much a fan point, of them. Yeah, is the episode. It's all yeah. about relationships and connections. Yeah. And so another way to increase your visibility if you're not a video person, you're not an audio person, is using your words if you are a writer. And so I think two big ways, am I, if I'm missing something, let me know. That's why I said I think. Two big ways to do that would be to have email newsletter swaps and guest blog post swaps, if you would like. So have you ever done any of like a blog post swap, Diana? Because you had a blog before, a long time ago in another life. Yeah, I still do have a blog, but I definitely don't 
spend as much time on it as I do with other things. Uh, but I do love to do it more for personal reasons, just to like, you know, capture that memory for myself and go back and be able to look at it. And of course, share resources mm-hmm. along the way. But I actually was kind of curious about the newsletter swaps, because that's a new concept to me. Sure. So this is how it would work, like team up, collaborate with someone that maybe has a similar audience to you or not necessarily similar, but a um, complementary audience, right? So like if you are a wedding calligrapher, also guys, we know that we have like hairstylists listening and whatnot. We just default to calligraphy and Sheena from Crooked Calligraphy (laughs) because Diana and I are, are calligraphers. So it's applicable to everybody is my point. But find someone who has a complimentary audience, like if you are a calligrapher, team up with a florist or a wedding planner, and then do a swap. And that would work like, obviously, you would write it and they would put it into their email marketing software. But maybe using the calligrapher as an example, and you're writing to a list for a wedding planner, you would talk about maybe timelines. Like when do people need to order their wedding stationary goods, right? The day of stuff, the stuff that takes longer, like the wedding suites. Because I feel like, you tell me, Diana, you were a bride. When brides, you know, they hire a planner and whatnot, their initial thought is not the calligrapher. Their initial thought is the planner, the venue, maybe the food photographer. And like calligraphy comes last, right? But if you're like a calligrapher and you are speaking to a wedding planner's audience, that's your chance to educate them. Mm -hmm. So you educate them, you write that newsletter that is educational, and then you invite them to maybe download your opt-in. Got it. Like, that's the ideal. That makes Uh, sense. If you don't have an opt-in and you don't have time to work on one, straight up, I would suggest you have one. But if you don't have time, then you could default to maybe following you on your Instagram or something just Mm -hmm. to make that connection a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. But I would actually this is perfect for an opt-in. So it's like, oh, if you would like more info or if you would like to download, in my example, if you would like to download um, my free wedding stationary budget guide or something, Mm -hmm. um, you would do that here. And that way they get on your email list. So that's how a newsletter swap would work. Got it. Okay. So it's similar. Okay. I did actually something similar to going back to your question about the blog post. I just really wanted to ask you about the newsletter swap because I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) But I did actually do like a blog post feature for HoneyBook's blog. So I think it was time management. I talked about how to manage your time while working from home. And HoneyBook, that was relevant for HoneyBook's audience because you know, the people that use their programs and their software are people who work from home most of the time. So increasing productivity for people who work from home was a perfect topic for their blog. And then it they also linked my website and my blog. So people were able to find me through HoneyBook, who has a huge platform. So at the end of the day, it's all about creating value for each other's audience and being able to kind of like grow and collaborate together. I agree. Yeah. And that's great that you did that for HoneyBook because people found you through them that maybe hadn't heard of you or it reinforced this idea of you being an expert because they had heard of you and now they see you on something like super credible and amazing like HoneyBook, right? That's awesome. Yeah, that was a really cool opportunity for sure. It was like a few years ago. And yeah, I honestly, to be honest, I like I mentioned, I don't really aggressively pursue the blog features and stuff like that. That is something that I really want to get back into again. Um, I'm just being totally honest with you because as a creative business owner, there's a million things that you have to do. But thinking about actually saying this out loud again makes me realize like, wow, this is something I should totally do 
and apply in my business again to grow my visibility. So it's a really good reminder for myself. So to spin it off in a totally different way, um, besides switching platforms and whatnot, is contributing to events. So if there is a local event, whether it's a promotional dinner or a marketing event or whatever it may be, like a cream party, um, that's like a wedding party. I think it's called the cream event. What is um, a cream event? Hold on, tangent. Have you what? been? No, what the hell is a cream event? So it's actually pretty cool. There's like basically <laughs> a bunch of vendors. They have more events like this, like Modern Love is one of them, but they have a lot of different vendors come in and showcase their work. So when I went to the cream event, I only went one time, they had like a disco party. And um, so like the, the musicians provided their musical abilities. There was like a, a balloon art. So there was a balloon vendor. There were different tablescapes that were like different themes and color palettes and things like that. Okay. And then in the center, there was, um, this was the coolest one, I thought. It was like a coconut acai bowl ice cream thing that was in a coconut shell. And that was also a vendor that was there. (laughs) So it's just like a massive styled party, essentially. Got it. Okay. So this would be really applicable if you do events or weddings. Yes, yes, exactly. So and a lot of these events, you do have to pay for it. So, you know, again, I know we're talking about increasing visibility without ads. Some of the events you can just contribute your services um, as a trade. So you're providing X, and they will include you in this event. Um, So I feel like that is a really, really good way because the the power of events is that people get to see and touch your product or see your services live. And you were like, you were like, pause, touch. What are they going to touch? I know. I was like, after I said that, I was like, depends on what it is. So if it's a product, they're going to touch your product. If it's a service, they're going to experience your experience your service. We're like creepy eye emojis and touching today. But I'm not marking this explicit. We're just going with it. As I was saying that sentence, I was like, I should clarify the sensory aspect of what I'm trying to say. So people are touching your products, not you. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yes, definitely the products. But um, you can contribute your product. So if it's something that you don't need to physically be there, you can just send your product. Um, if it's food or whatever, you know, you'll have to have someone be there to present the food. Um, and give the food away. But if it's like stationary goods or something like that, then you can just send that over to the planner or the stylist to style it for you. Or if it's a service, in my opinion, I think if there is ever event related opportunities where I can show visibility live, that I personally want to be there to sell the product or service or experience or whatever. But that's such a good way to connect with people. Like seriously, people who are interested in your service and who are interested in this type of service or looking for it because they're planning an event, like they're all gathered at this place. I I would take advantage of that time to promote your service or to just honestly just get your name out there. Even if they don't hire you today, they're going to remember you know, your name after this event. Totally. So, you know, another way without ads would be to use technology, my jam. Um, I don't know I why I'm saying you that. got excited about techie stuff and I, I got guess excited so. about events. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is cream? Oh, coconut acai bowl. Tech. And then I'm like, tech. Um, so not to get super techie, but 
these things are free. So the two things I'm going to mention to increase your visibility without ads would be to make sure your SEO is on point. Um, search engine optimization. So that is going to mean, um, you know, your business. If someone Googles your business, like where are you showing up? What is your SEO like? Um, hopefully you're, if it's your business, like if I Google Chasing Linen, she's going to be the first thing, right, that comes up. Hopefully it's the same for you. Um, there's This also comes into play when it comes to Etsy. So if you have an Etsy, your tags, the tags that you have in a listing, also, you know, your product title, as well as your product description. This could be a long, long conversation if we really just spoke about SEO, in particular SEO for Etsy. But all of that needs to be on point. And with that note, we're actually going to have um, someone on to talk about SEO for you guys, because we're not SEO experts, but we are recommending that you get your SEO on point. And the other technical thing that I want to share with you guys, it's not really techie, it's kind of half creative, but Pinterest. So make those Pinterest pins And that is like free visibility because you don't have to run ads on Pinterest. You do have the ability to run ads on Pinterest as the same as like Facebook ads, right? But um, you can totally do free pins. I had a client recently who she did a pin. uh, She's a wedding stationer and she did a pin that was like the timeline of when you need to order things, uh, like your save the dates and whatnot, how far from the wedding. And it it got like so like in the 24 hour like period it got like thousands of repins like 1.2 mm-hmm. thousand in like 24 hours or something That's insane. Um, That's a really awesome. short window i just spoke to her and i don't remember the window i'm sorry she's, she's listening but it was really it was in a short period and she told me that and i was like girl you need to capitalize on that how do you do that try and make very similar pins like make new pins that were similar. Maybe you slightly tweak the copies, slightly tweak the colors or something, or the font uh, or the positioning of like the text or something, but see what it is and see if you can like get more similar pins out there. But that was free, right? Mm -hmm. And she's getting like, now she's getting website hits from it. I've had, I don't even know what pin it was. I've had someone like book a coaching call with me, discovery call to see if we would be a good fit for a coaching relationship. And she told me she found me on Pinterest. Like, I wasn't expecting that because I'm not a heavy Pinterest user. But the shelf life of your pins last way friggin' longer than Instagram. Instagram, mm. your posts really, if you if you have a tool like Iconosquare or like Later or Planoly, you're actually able to see the metrics. And after like 24 hours of a Pinterest post or an Instagram post, it essentially dies. But Pinterest pins live for months and years. That's awesome. A pin you put out right now, sure, you might get an inquiry about it in three months from now, but like imagine the longevity of that. Mm -hmm. Like it can just keep going. Like there's fashion pins that I pin that are like probably years old. Oh man, what does that say about me? Maybe home decor pins (laughs) that are years old, you know, so they last longer. So that's the second techie thing that I wanted to share that will help you increase visibility without paying for it. And I think with Pinterest, they now actually allow videos. Did you know that? They do allow videos. I saw it. I recently hired a VA. I'm so excited for her. Uh, Her first thing is going to be Pinterest for me Mm because like I said, I don't. When I got that discovery call book and she told me she found me on Pinterest, I was like, oh, I need to spend more time on Pinterest, but I don't have the time myself. Mm -hmm. So that's where VA comes. And um, I I do want to explore. You were about that, that inquiry though. Well, no, I mean, they book it with me. I don't know. Like, you know, I just get a calendar. Right, like, but oh. still, like, that was still a resource that the oh. person told you. Like, oh, I found yeah, you through yeah. this. And you were like, okay, let me double that. Let me triple that. I like that. 
That's yeah, cool. but also like not me. I need to hire out because I can't. For sure. For sure. And there are so <laughs> many things. Actually, that's a really good point. So I know we are talking about visibility without ads, increasing your visibility without ads. Um, but if you are at a place where you can, you know, hire out for some of these things. So if you're like, hey, Joyce and Diana, this all sounds great. Instagram, YouTube, SEO, Pinterest, all the things. I don't have time for all the things. Find some of those things. Like I bet you a lot of these things, you yourself don't have to be the one to do it. For example, like podcasts, right? We're just going to be super transparent with you. Of course, it's Joyce and I. We're here. We're present. We come up with the content. We This is our real voices, but we don't have time to edit them. So we have our editor who actually goes and edits our episode so that it's ready to post. So things like that, you can definitely- And we love her. Yes. Like I have a deep love for her. (laughs) I actually emailed her the other day. I was like, I've been so quiet because you're just really freaking awesome. I don't have anything to say to you. (laughs) Yeah. I emailed her that the other day. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, I mean, it just depends. It's like return on investment. You need to calculate what is worth it for you. Like if you think, you want to trade that dollar amount to gain an X, whatever that is for you, do it. And you know, you don't have to. What's great is that with our business, like you can pick and choose what you want to invest in and for how long. So don't let that fear of like, I don't, I don't know about this, or I don't have time for this. Don't let that stop you from pursuing more potential, like bigger opportunities. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of the times we get down on ourselves for that. We're like, oh, look at this person. They have this opportunity. They have that huge brand representing them. They have so much more, you know, blank than me. But guess what? Like, it's probably because they, there's all these things that we were listing to increase your visibility. They probably rotate through these things and create more opportunity or chances to be found, right? So. It's not like anyone is more special than you. You are not more special than this person. And this person is not more special than you. It's just this person is, you know, probably working on increasing their visibility. And a lot of the times you could do it for free. So just wanted to put that out there. So I say this to my clients all the time, that things need to either be a visibility action or a revenue action. These two, like they live together, they feed off each other. This is how your business grows. So I am also going to say that you can't just be focused on revenue and sales and sales and sales. Like you need to continue to grow your audience somehow. And these are ways that you can do it for free. But you can't just, something Diana said reminded me of this, like you can't just put this on pause or put this on the back burner while you maybe focus on sales and reverse. Like you can't just be like, oh, look at me, I'm I'm so visible, but you have no sales because then you're not a business. There is a balance to both revenue and visibility actions that you do need to take, but we understand that sometimes, you know, you can't go on and spend, I don't know, like a thousand dollars a month or more on Facebook ads. So these are actually great ways to get started for free, plus you're building relationships. So I just want to throw that out there that you have to do both visibility and revenue for your business. So we hope that these free, mostly free, we'll go with free. We hope that these free visibility ideas were helpful to you. But remember that the foundation is really about building relationships and building genuine ones. And while that may take some time and getting more visible and really like building your brand and getting more well known for what you do is going to take maybe more time than say, getting a Netsy sale or booking a client, it's still really a really important for your business. So we hope that you 
take some of these ideas, run with them, collaborate with others, get in front of other people's audiences and create more genuine relationships in your business because sometimes those business relationships turn out to be in real life friendships like Diana and I. Aww. So guys, until the next episode, we thank you for listening. We'll catch you in the next one.